Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. This episode, we are tackling the chaperone. Uh, I want to give a huge, huge shout out to our guests this week, Brandon and Skyler of Truman Pictures. They are animators on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated Collab. Uh, and they were a last-minute guest. I was actually talking to Skyler. Uh, he had originally signed up for an episode coming out next year. So you're going to be hearing these guys later on uh, in our run. But I was just kind of talking with them, and I had a guest fall through this week. So I was like, you know what? Why don't we just why don't we just record for this episode? Um, so we had an absolutely wonderful two-hour conversation. I of course had to edit it down a little bit. Um, but but speaking to these guys, they're they're close to my age, so we kind of grew up with the same cartoons and had a lot of the same likes and, and dislikes, and it, it was just wonderful to talk with them. Uh, it was super nostalgic. It, it's you know nice to be able to talk with people who shared similar experiences, especially when you were pretty much seemingly all into the same things. Uh, so we had a wonderful conversation about the collab, their work. Um, the, the thing, the things we, the shows we thought were underappreciated in the '90s on both Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, and I can't wait to have these two on again in the future. So massive shout out to Brandon and Skyler for coming on on such short notice. If you'd like to follow any of their social media, go to our podcast description, follow any of the links to the YouTube channel or any of the social media, and please enjoy while we watch the episode, The Chaperone. just going to start off and just ask like we're, we're I think roughly around the same age 
when was the first time you ever encountered SpongeBob? Like, what was the earliest thought you can remember? Um, yeah, so I remember uh, getting like hyped for the show, like when it was coming out, um, nineteen ninety nine, I believe. Yeah, uh, and uh, I remember that Saturday morning, like walking downstairs, and my parents and my sister were already watching the show, like it was already on, um, and and I was like, whoa, what is this? I remember my dad always claims. My dad claims that he discovered, quote unquote, he's pulling like a Columbus or something. He, d- he discovered, <laughs> he discovered both the Powerpuff Girls and SpongeBob SquarePants. He was like, "I'm the one who first saw that ad with Sandy saying, hold on there, little square dude,' and I'm the one who told you about it." And I'm like, "Okay, Dad, I guess, I guess you discovered it." <laughs> you, one, of, one of these years, you should definitely buy him just a little award or a little plaque. Like congratulations <laughs> on first discovering SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Never mind Steven Hillenberg or all the writers and directors. It was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna guess that both of you are around the same age. So you said mentioned like 25, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. So I'm I'm not that much older than you. So this is fantastic. So you guys were growing up literally still in the 90s with all of these crazy Nicktoons going on. What was the oh, yeah. first Nicktoon you remember watching, or were you guys like Cartoon Network kids? Oh, I was a Nicktoon kid. I was a Cartoon Network kid. I was I was a big nerd kid. Any man. cartoon that yeah. I could get my eyeballs on. For, <laughs> for me, the big one was always Kablam. Love oh, I loved I, Kablam. Su- probably yeah. I would say, because I have these conversations with anyone who's an animation geek, uh, I always ask, like, what do you think the most underrated show of the 90s was as far as animation goes? And and Kablam! is one I always point to. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the time, this was incredible, and no one mm-hmm. talks about it right now. Yeah, no, it's insane. I like a, One of the things that cemented our friendship was, like, all the weird sort of, like, idiosyncratic things that I watched that I thought that, like, me and my sister were the only ones who knew about. And then I would meet Brandon, and I'd be like, man – you should check out this thing or this show or whatever. And he would be like, yo, dude, I love that thing. You know, like he already knew about it. Dude, and me too. Yeah. One of those things <laughs> was Kablam. Uh, we were literally talking about it the other day because of the, because we were getting ready for the, the podcast here. And we were like, oh man, Kablam, Action League Now, yeah. Life with Loopy, uh, Prometheus and Bob. Like they had oh, so and, many. And let's, let's not forget the, the true underrated gem. Sniz and Fondue. I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I had reminded Skylar of that one too, actually. I, I, yeah, I know that I totally after forgot. I know that after Kablam, Action League now got its own like pseudo show. But yeah, the one, if you go back and watch, out of all of those tunes, the one that could be a show was Sniz and Fondue. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like it was pre regular show. Yes. Yeah. Like a yeah. yeah. That makes that makes total sense. I don't. The one thing I don't get, and this is you know, as my hope is to one day be actually an employee for Nickelodeon. I would love to find out what legitimately is going wrong with the licensing rights for Kablam, because mm-hmm. yeah. Now, right. For those that don't know, because I've had to explain to a few. I know you guys definitely know, but I've had to explain to oh, younger yeah. people about Doug because I have a. Um, I have a Nicktoons pop collection, Funko Pop, and I have mm-hmm. them in order of Nicktoons, and I have I put the Doug ones first, but it, it's all the Disney packaging, so a lot of people will be like, why do you even, why do you have a Disney character yeah. starting the, yeah, yeah. this run? And I'm like, no. So those early Nicktoons were not really under Nickelodeon's umbrella yet. They were still owned by the studios, and 
I think by like 95 when they had Rocco, which that was the first one done completely at Games Animation. You figure after that point, any shows they were making, would they would just make sure they owned. But Kablam! Mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know what's going on because that show is still really unreleased. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't I, because especially a lot of the Nicktoons that you know were around at the time that we grew up with, and maybe it's because all those were sort of like a narrative thing. Like Rocco was weird, but it had like a story, right. you know. And uh, and Rocco got the new Nick uh, or Netflix movie, and uh, you know the Jungle movie for Hey Arnold. But again, that has like a narrative. Same thing with Invader Zim. Uh, but the one you don't see them like bring back up is Kablam, and I perhaps part of it is like a narrative thing because it's like how do you, you know, because it was such like a variety show. Like, uh, um, I always like it also feels hard to bring into the yeah. now to some degree. There were there wasn't really many sketch comedy shows beside from Kablam and um, uh, Oh Yeah cartoons. Yeah. And I've talked to when, animated uh, ones anyway. Yeah, when Richard Horvitz came down to um, Epcon here in El Paso, we, we talked about um, the separation from like Invader Zim. And I wonder if it's the same situation as Zim, where uh, Nickelodeon just doesn't want to do stuff. They just kind of sit on it there. And that was a problem mm-hmm. with Zim for the longest time, I feel, until Netflix made a deal with them. And right. we got Rocco's and the Invader Zim movie. Well, yeah. What was weird about that is they the movie was done for like a year before debuted on netflix and i remember that nickelodeon had both rocco and invaders Zim finished and both creators you know were constantly getting asked what's going on because everyone thought well arnold debuted during november christmas time so let's see if it mm-hmm. happens again and it didn't it kind of came and went and both creators were like we don't know we're hearing rumblings of other mediums because arnold unfortunately didn't get the numbers that it should have gotten on tv but i think right. that's more or less just the way our society is now. It's hard to convince people to like schedule this specific time, like eight o'clock on Friday when everybody has Netflix. I think Netflix was the way to go. Yeah. And I remember reading an article at the time um, where they were, where it was either with uh, uh, the invaders in creator. What was his name? What's his name? Uh, Joan Joan and Vasquez. Yeah. Joan and Vasquez. Yeah. Um, I think it was him uh, or maybe it was the, uh, the guy from Rocco um, who was talking about how they were like part of the marketing team at Nickelodeon sort of with the flop, I guess, in terms of views that the jungle movie was, they were like, well, maybe the audience, maybe the audience that is clamoring for these sort of nostalgic movies has moved on to Netflix. Like they're not watching Nickelodeon, you know, they're, they're watching stuff on Netflix, even if they have kids, right. They're like watching you know, kid shows on Netflix with right. their kids. So that was, that was part of that move, which I was like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense. But then I was like, why did it take a year? Why, why did it <laughs> yeah. take them a year to figure that out? I, I have no idea. You, you think, you think like getting a contract like that with a company like Netflix would take at most a weekend? Like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get this on and we'll, we'll put it this? up. Um, is there another 90 show that you think should get the kind of extended episode treatment, movie treatment? Because I have one, but I want to see what you guys would say. Okay. It, well, in terms of in terms of animation, oh yeah. Um, let me see. Let me think. Uh, uh, Angry Beavers would definitely be oh, yeah. uh, up there for sure in terms of animation. I would love <laughs> uh, some more Angry Beavers. For yeah, me, they I really. Would... They okay. did, I think 
Angry Bird, Angry Beavers is one of the only other two, uh, one of the other two shows from the '90s I can think of that hasn't had like a special episode. Even Cat Dog kind of had like a TV movie. Yeah, and I remember that. I remember being so hyped for that. It's very emotional. Yeah, I was like, I need to know where Cat Dog came from. And so I was kind of mad at the ending. I remember as a kid, I was like, what the? How did you? Did, oh, it's what? such a lame ending. It <laughs> it doesn't show their parents at all. It just shows the people who like picked them up and, and raised them. Yeah. It's not satisfying. Although I don't think it's a question that really needs an answer. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. I think that's that's why it works. That's what, like as I got older, I was like, you know what? That was yeah. I I get it. It's like I get the force. It. It'd be like a weird what what a weird thing to answer to. I don't think I would want to know the answer. No. To that. <laughs> it has to be like a cat and a dog couple, I imagine. Yeah, but Beautiful. then like, why did it? I don't know. Gave them up, like, I don't know. That's that might <laughs> Let's work. Let's not go like down a, that rabbit hole. A more adult story, like mm-hmm. they put them up for adoption, or they just like abandon them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, the show I was thinking about, which I think could work as a 2020 movie, is Ah Real Monsters. Oh, oh my god, dude, that's that. a great idea. I mean, think yeah. about this. Every <laughs> like almost every kid has a cell phone camera. How would the monster yeah. world work? Oh, man. That's a great idea. Which that was honestly my biggest disappointment with Pixar's monster movies because they didn't, even in 2003 or four, there was more cameras and whatnot. How were they evolving? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Which I guess is why Monsters University, you know, you do like the prequel. So it's like we don't have to we don't have to wrestle with that (laughs) issue. (laughs) They're not even going through doors until the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler (laughs) alert. for anyone yeah, who hasn't yeah. seen Monsters University. <laughs> a little late. <laughs> that was, I was on a podcast yesterday with my friend, and like we were debating titling the episode Spoiler Alert because we kept spoiling movies that are all at least like five years old at this point. Like they're <laughs> they're they're like well within like the lexicon of like general knowledge at this point. Like Yeah, um, like saying the ending to to the uh what's it called? Not signs, the sixth sense. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we literally spoil. That's what we talked about in the podcast, actually. Because <laughs> it's is it true? I I never knew if this was true. If it was just like an internet meme where the the Japanese title of the Sixth Sense was just "He's a Ghost." I'm not sure about that. Either. Yeah, I'm really I not. I, I it's one of those things that I think I've read that and then just accepted it as fact and thought it was funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's a funny fact to bring up so hopefully it is it's a, a good trivial question yeah. to like talk to somebody about <laughs> yeah Did you know? okay. um but i was gonna say live action wise i would go pete and pete Ooh. oh um, i, I met those two those two are absolutely oh, no way. yeah they came to um they came to the space ballroom down here in connecticut and uh and they did a they did a show for their podcast and it was really cool because i think it was only 50 bucks to then get a ticket and then meet them beforehand um, mm-hmm. It was a very wow. small, intimate setting. You all had a chance to get things signed at their table. Uh, I got a Mr. Tasty like vinyl figure signed, and then you go up on stage and take a picture with them. It was very like you you got your money's worth because then they nice. did a show also. Dude, that is awesome. I feel like yeah. the Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network people are just the most down to earth, humble cats mm-hmm. in the world, yeah. man. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I agree with that. The, the people who yeah. grew up with those shows, because I mean. You know, yeah. I feel like you couldn't have a show like Powerpuff Girls, like the 90s version on today because of how violent it is. 
Yeah, it's oh god, I, I love that. They we need to do we need to do a Powerpuff Girls podcast. It's even um, funnier that like back in our day, they would make talk fun about of that all day cartoon violence in our day. Yeah, yeah, they would all the time. Yeah, it's like more things change, the more they stay yeah. the same. Which is why I feel like that you couldn't you can't reboot the Powerpuff Girls. That's why I feel like that reboot was so like a poorly received, but B, I just think like it just didn't didn't quite work because like Powerpuff Girls isn't like slice of life, you know. It was it, it was always a riff on like the anime kind of thing. It, it was like, a love letter to anime. It was a love letter to um, animation. And what was really yeah. what was really telling to me was to see the way they spoke about the character Miss Bellum mm-hmm. because yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. way they talked about her means they missed the point entirely, which was. You had this very uh, visually like Jessica Rabbit, gorgeous woman who was the smartest person working in the government. Right. And, yeah. And even her name. Right. And her design. Like she's like a brain with a yeah. stem, you know? Yeah. And like, just, you know, that it, uh, years later, they boil it down to just, oh, we can't have that character design on television. And it's like, I'm, I was a kid and I don't think I ever really. Yeah. Uh, you know, like thought of Miss Bellum any less because of her design. I I just don't get that yeah. philosophy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I to some degree I understand, like because you don't see her face, which I which is kind of part of the joke. But also, it's like it's like trying to have your cake and eat it too. I guess a little bit, like you know, like it's funny, but also like yeah, it's kind of it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, women do not get the representation that they deserve. Like because the mayor, you know, she, the mayor makes absolutely no decisions. It's all Miss Bellum. <laughs> on the same token, I feel like just even the villains, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, trans representation as well. Oh, yeah. You do get a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, Powerpuff Girls was just very ahead of its time. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it really oh, was. Uh, and yeah. what was crazy was when I, um, at least through the, uh, maybe till like 1998, I didn't have Cartoon Network in my home uh, because I don't think it came, like our cable company didn't have access to it. But when I would go and stay some weekends at my grandparents, they lived in another part of Connecticut. So Friday nights, like I was there right when Ed, Ed, and Eddie Cartoon debuted. cartoons. Cartoon, oh, cartoon yeah. Fridays. And it <laughs> blew my mind. Cartoons. I just, so anytime I stayed over there, like that was the one thing I was looking forward to was watching these weird cartoons I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. That was, God, that was such man, a great flashbacks. Time. Now, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure the kids nowadays have a lot of great memories about the things that they're growing up with. Because to some degree, like we, as we get older, we become jaded uh, with Bitter. like new stuff, you right. know. And it's like, oh, yeah. the old, the stuff I grew up with was awesome. But it's like, I know there's still some good stuff out there. I mean, you know, I, I was well into you know high school and and college when Gravity Falls was happening. Regular show. And yeah, regular show. Yeah, and regular it's like. Show. The, they, they, like they're they're incredible like they're incredible pieces of animation and comedy and storytelling you know regular um, show was the first cartoon i watched as an adult that i loved as much as i i loved cartoons as a kid like i made sure to watch every episode because it felt it felt like it harkened back to that time where they were trying to be edgy and adult but at the same time it was still a kid show mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah very space ghost coast to coast oh yeah, yeah. space ghost <laughs> I'm actually, yeah. it's weird, like, as we're speaking, I'm looking down, and under my desk, I'm sure you guys remember the big pick on uh, Cartoon Network? Yeah. Totally not bragging, but I think it was the first big pick. One of the things was every, I don't know, thousand callers would get, uh, uh-huh. they would give a TV and a DVD player. Yeah. And I called, oh my like, God, four yeah. or five times, uh, and I was at my father's house, and I won, and this person speaking no to me way. was like, 
oh, can you put your father on the phone? So he had to talk with them. And then in a couple of weeks, and I still have this tube TV like under my Dude. desk. Just oh my it's a God. prize. It's what I won. That is, that I, is I, awesome. I remember the episode of Space Ghost where they, they had everybody call in and vote for Johnny Bravo and other series mm-hmm. that would, I think, I think Johnny Bravo would go on. Yeah, of course. But then there was another show that would go on as, as well. This one, well, they because yeah, they definitely did that in the early '90s. This one wow. was the year that uh, Billy and Mandy won. That, oh yeah, yes. there we go. <laughs> Billy and Mandy, dude. I could. Oh, we need a podcast about oh, Billy and Mandy. Oh, and they uh, still made even like they almost made every cartoon. It, yeah, from that sh- like uh, event into a show. Who who uh, whatever happened to Robot Jones? Mega XLR. Sheep in the Big Mega City. Sheep, yeah, Sheep in the yeah. Big City was one of Megalith. them. That's that's the one oh, I dude. need. Sheep in the Big City. You know what blew my mind? I found out that uh, Sheep in the Big City was created by Mo Willems. Yeah. And Mo Willems does all those wonderful children's books like Elephant and Piggy. And, Hank is door. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, no, that's uh, – Oh, what's that Mo Willems? Oh, wait. Is he, it, he does – What? wait, which thing did you say he did? Mo Willems who did uh, 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 Sheep in the Big City, um, he wrote a bunch of children's books. Um, he's actually one of my favorite children's book authors. They're, they're so fun to read to kids and everything. Um, uh, elephant and piggy books and, uh, Oh yeah. Don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Yeah. 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 So elephant and pig. I was a teacher like two years ago and that was one of the biggest things. Oh dude. Yeah. Was those characters. That's so crazy. I never knew that. Now I'm looking at that and like, good for him. Yeah. He's, Oh man. Yeah. He's pretty sure he was on KSD. Writing is great. He might've been. Yeah. I mean, especially if he was associated with Cartoon Network at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know that that kind of I mean that's interesting too the the big pick idea uh it felt so big but there's no way you could really do that now you could but because there's so many animators putting their own stuff out on YouTube that's mm-hmm. almost how things are getting picked up now is they're just finding people who are making stuff look at Justin yeah. Ryland who was making really bad animations really funny <laughs> animations uh House Cosby. of Cosby's <laughs> and then eventually making the biggest cartoon in the world currently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Adult Swim's leading moneymaker. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like the internet became the new oh yeah cartoons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to bring to tie it back to Nick a little bit. Um <laughs> but uh but yeah, I actually um shout out to a creator that I have never met or anything, but I just love their work recently. I think they're called Wonder Wonderkins. Um or what one I forget what they're called, but they have this uh, animated show that they've been doing recently on YouTube called um, Big Top Burger, and it is so funny and so weird, and it reminds me of like that, like uh, bizarre, like surreal, like Adult Swim kind of humor. But it doesn't ever like tip into anything that inappropriate, so it's also not like uh, <laughs> it's not totally Adult Swim. That was just so early nineties, like it's yeah, it's got that yeah. like yeah, that late nineties kind of thing yeah. um, about it. It's yeah. so funny. I feel I feel by the late '90s though they were starting to really get a lit on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm thinking more Nickelodeon because Cartoon Network still pretty much kept things a little adult as much as they could. That was always like my impression as a kid. I always felt a little bit yeah. like my parents were pretty cool, but I always felt a little bit like edgy when I watched something on Cartoon Network because I'm like. <laughs> Ooh yeah, Cartoon Network. They've got like Billy and Mandy, like the Grim Reaper and stuff. Like, oh, sick, you know. Oh, then, yeah. <laughs> well, then even even then, like Nickelodeon, after a certain time, it goes to Nick at Night. But Cartoon Network has Adult Swim and Toonami right. and like these adult things where Nickelodeon mm-hmm. doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah. The Nick at Night. I would flip over to Nick at Night to watch Fresh Prince and Full House. You know. Yeah. Who needs to see the <laughs> one thousand three run of the George Lopez show? <laughs> like I was on the other spectrum. 
My parents didn't care what I watched. So I, I would watch all the adult swim stuff growing up. And <laughs> it's like seven o'clock. Good, good. Time for some King of the Hill. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the actual real bad stuff happens. Yeah. And then I was really hooked. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I watched Futurama for a long time was uh, Adult Swim. Yeah, we uh, so we spoke about like animators. You guys are animators on this on this collab that brought us together. Um, the yes. SpongeBob SquarePants movie rehydrated. What how long have you guys been animating before or let me rephrase that how long have you guys been animating before you ever got onto the collab like was this something you were doing long beforehand or did you kind of recently start it and then this kind of fell into your lap um you know we've always been really interested in animation we started mm-hmm. doing like little sketches like just off of adobe like back in high school Skyler yeah and I, I remember all, that yeah. yeah we just mess around with the with you know skylar and i are one of our best friends carlos and um you, we just went on to make movies and stuff, but then we learned about this project and we got really thrilled. And we're like, well, why don't we just like, you know, start our journey into animation? Yeah. Kind of take like a, a head first dive a little bit. Yeah. I, I know for me, I've always been interested in animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mentioned this on the podcast I was on yesterday. <laughs> I w- was obsessed with, so there were like three movies I would watch like on loop at my grandma's house growing up before I had to go to school. Um, like the, like the three years, the four years before I started going to school, um, it was toy story uh, Beauty and the Beast and The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I always sort of attribute to why I have such an eclectic, like why I love animation as a whole, because it's like sort of the three tentpole mediums of animation, right? Like computer animation, stop motion animation and cell animation. There right? you go. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I after that, like because of Toy Story 2, I just became obsessed with like those the Pixar movies, like especially those first 11 movies. That's oddly specific, but those first 11 movies are such a perfect run of like theatrically created animation um and like those dvd commentaries became like my film school like i was like obsessed with that and obsessed with like animation and trying to figure it out and i would do little stop motion things with my friend down the street actually you reminded me of him right now when you're mentioning your friend from down the street (laughs) it's like because i was like that's what i would do like i had like i had a friend in the third grade just because he moved onto the same street as me and we would like get together and make little videos like little stop motion with like clay um, and then recently I, I started getting back into animation, uh, because of the, the, you know, the, the pandemic currently. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yeah, so this project sort of dropped into our lap because, um, I follow the every frame of SpongeBob in order mm-hmm. Facebook page, <laughs> I love it. uh, which is so great and so funny. Um, and around the time that it was posting every frame of the movie, uh the rehydrated project got in contact with them and then they posted onto the facebook page and they were like you know hey hey, uh there's gonna be a spongebob movie reanimated thing uh so if you want to join click this link and check it out uh and i was kind of like well that would be cool but i don't know i'm not like we haven't really animated stuff like i like i feel confident we could do it but like we've only ever done tiny little things we've we've made commercials where we've done a little bit of stop motion but i was like i don't know maybe Maybe we couldn't do it. I'm not sure. And then I was just taking a shower one day, like a week later, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna go sign up. I'm gonna I'm gonna message the host of this project and just be like, I want I want to do it. How do I join? You know? Uh, and so this kind of a, this this is a this story makes me feel so happy because so I messaged uh, Wumi, who was the initial uh, lead of the project, um, and I was like, hey, I you know, uh, me and my friend, we we do some work. Uh, we 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 don't do really animation but we've done stuff with like puppets and paper puppets 
Um, we had just done inbound drift as well. Right. Yeah. We did a short film called inbound drift where we did a lot of like, uh, sets made out of like foam core board and, and, you know, little like miniature sets and things like that. And we made a little robot out of like foam core board. Um, so we felt confident that we could do something like that with puppets. And I linked him this short film that we made, um, and which has a lot of puppet work. <laughs> it's very silly. And I was like, yeah, so, you know, uh, uh, it's called Barksky and Much, which is a very silly title. <laughs> no, I like it. I generally <laughs> that, like that. It sounds whimsical. Yeah. No one would ever look it up <laughs> unless they spelled Starsky and Hutch really poorly. Um, but <laughs> but those are the um, people you kind of want to, to stumble upon your work. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, so as it turns out, I sent him the message and I was like, okay, I guess we'll just, it's out in the open now. So if, you know, if he says we're good to work on it, then we're good to work on it. If not, at least I, you know, I, I shot my shot. Right. And then he sends me back like a minute later and he goes, holy shit, dude, you're the Barksky and much guy. I love that thing. You're totally on board. And I, I just, it made my day because wow. that, that video only had like 200 views at the time. Pretty heartwarming. And it was just like, it, yeah, it made us both feel so good. It was like, that's, oh man. That's incredible. That's an incredible feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was so good. It was like, wow, I put something out there and someone enjoyed it. And like, and, and I just happened to like, they, they happened to be in charge of this thing I wanted to join. And it was, it was great. It, it felt so good. But that was our journey into the project. Well, that's good. So, I mean, you guys have been hard at work now for then uh, a little bit. Um, has it evolved more than your initial thought or have you guys pretty much stayed the course? I would say we kind of had an idea of how we were going to do it because this, the scene that we have in particular is both animated in live action. It's part of, it's in sort of the third act of the movie. Um, I'd say it's the top of the third act. Um, uh, we yeah. like the very, very top of the third act because it's, it, we have this, the moment when SpongeBob and Patrick come back to life, yep. um, which I'm, I'm so happy about. I, that's, I, that's, cause that's I, a pivotal, I was, pivotal moment. Oh Art, yeah. Like, oh yeah. I was, I was scrolling through all the scenes and I was like, what's available. Nothing's available. The entirety of the goofy goober rock sequence, totally taken the entirety of now that we're men, totally taken like, the, the entirety of the goofy goober scene at the top when SpongeBob and Patrick get drunk on ice cream totally taken i was like what is there to do like i wanted something really significant you know and so there's it's a 17 second moment of uh spongebob and patrick pop back to life and then it cuts to the theater of all the pirates cheering in well, excitement let, let let me at least say this this is crazy you guys are actually animating my character in the movie oh man. oh excellent <laughs> yeah, I, I i have captain bart who is the the pirate captain of the of the crew Oh, excellent. Yeah, we are we are trying to we're going to do a combination of live action and animation yeah. to sort of to, to keep that visual consistency. Um, so one of the things we're going to do with the live action theater is uh, puppets is the is part of that is the plan is to do some puppets. Oh, yeah. oh fantastic. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll send you a picture of my face shot just so you know what to uh, what to make the puppet look like. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. With, uh, maybe we, we were we were like we can cameo in it too. We'll do our own little Hitchcock. We'll be in the in the audience with, with the puppets. Talking about it, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might as well. I mean, you're making your part. You might as well slip some of your own little Easter eggs in there. Oh yeah, we, we yeah we were talking about that too. We were like, how many seats could we have on screen at one time? How many of our characters in our short films that we've made? 
I, how can we, how many can we squeeze in there? Who, how many people should be wearing SpongeBob? We were like, everyone should have a SpongeBob themed like outfit on or something or a hat or, or a flag or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like popcorn and everything going into the air. Like yeah. that would be so I funny. I want a lot of popcorn. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, just popcorn all flying over. everywhere. <laughs> You won't I, be able to see anything. Just <laughs> I literally, um, speaking of SpongeBob merch, there was the the first shirt I ever got for SpongeBob was literally, I think, a season one or season two merch. There wasn't probably it was probably the first time they ever dropped in stores. And I got this at a Hot Topic um, back when nice. like Hot Topic was fairly scary to walk into. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and definitely not like as pop culture oriented as it is now. Mm, I remember. I remember. Um, and. I like for years. I had no idea what ever happened to that shirt. Couldn't find it. Anytime I do a search, it's like, this is searching for a needle in a haystack because how much SpongeBob merchandise has been released? You're just, and oh, and yeah. there's no one out there, like, keeping sh- pictures of everything. So, mm-hmm. but like yeah. literally in the last month, I found it on eBay. Uh, it's oh not, my <laughs> god! It's not even that. It's I'm gonna throw it in the in the Discord chat <laughs> when I get it over here. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, that was incredible just to be able to find that and go, oh yeah, I wore that. There's something there's something really satisfying about like something in your memory that you're like, I can't really describe this thing. Like I don't remember the title of it, but I can kind of remember it. And oh, you yeah. like dig and dig and dig. I've done that. I've spent many countless nights like. <laughs> oh, just the other like, hours. I'm just like, what is this thing that I can't remember? And then finally you find it and it's like, oh my God, it's so <laughs> such a relief. Oh, just the other night I had a, uh, I had a song stuck in my head. And the, the, I had the beat of the entire song, and I had what the chorus <laughs> sounded like. And my roommate and his friend and I were just going nuts for like three hours trying to decipher <laughs> what was in my head. And it was the song Return of the Mac. It wasn't even – it's a well-known like rap oh. hip-hop song. And I just <laughs> – Yeah, I was like <laughs> – I heard it at some point, and then I just woke up the other day going like, what is this song in my head? I can't – yeah. But when you find it, it's such a relief. That's me and my brother. Like, hey. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Pure ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up the Mac. <laughs> what, probably the most mature we've gotten on this uh, on this uh, episode thus far. <laughs> With all this talk about Adult Swim, uh, so we're gonna take just a quick break, and then we're gonna come back and uh, dig into the chaperone. Excellent. All right. Sounds like a plan. 2,000 years later. Which, by the way, they should probably at this point do like a Nick at Night version at TV Land where they're airing I Love Lucy, like the old the old stuff that like used to air on Nick at Night when I was a kid. Yeah. As a kid, seeing that stuff, like, you know, switching from like Nicktoons to Nick at Night would upset me. So I would just switch to, you know, Adult Swim or Cartoon Network because I just, you know, had a hankering for more cartoons. Mm-hmm. So I think now would be perfect for that anyway in many ways for old audiences and new audiences. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's safe to say we're back up from our break. But speaking of the shirt, the the shirt is awesome, by the way, the, 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 I know, right? Like super simple. I love it. I wish I could find it now in my size, but, uh, yeah. Um, so speaking of the first season of SpongeBob, our episode today is the chaperone. It is the, uh, the, first episode of the tw- or it's the first half of the 12th episode of spongebob uh 12a 12a aired first march 8th 2000 in the u.s Whoa. and uh yeah that's incredible i was i was nine years old when this aired was five um wow. 
Yeah. And this isn't this is important because this is our first episode where the one of the main characters is Pearl. The the episode is about her. It's about her night going to the prom. You guys mm-hmm. are out of high school. What was do you do you have any fun stories <laughs> about your prom at all? Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> We're laughing like we have some crazy story, but we get the mum story. Which one? The mum story where I turned around oh, to you and I was like, Oh I my God, that. that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a, this is kind of a Texas specific thing actually. Um, Cause in Texas for the high school prom, you get your date, what's called a mum, oh which is like this, basically this giant ornate, it can be smaller. It can be huge. Some of them are like bigger than the person. This is just like <laughs> this giant, like imagine like, you know, those like blue ribbons that you get at like the science fair where it's like the little, like, like thing on the top is like a circle and then it's got the little like ribbon on the bottom. Yeah. So imagine that, but in like whatever school colors your high school was 10 times bigger with like flowers and dozens of ribbons and like, you know what, maybe it's in the shape of a heart or something. I don't know. Like just these giant things with messages. I'm not entirely sure what the purpose of it is, but anyway, so the boys get the girl, a mom, and the girls get the boy, what is it? A, a garter, like a garter and they put it on their arm and it's much smaller and it's not as like ornate. Um, so Brandon had a date, uh, oh to the prom. <laughs> I wasn't going to go. And we had to go interview our local congressman actually, cause we were in the broadcasting uh, department in our high school. And we, we, we got to go interview the local congressman, uh, which was really cool at the time. Um, not so cool anymore. <laughs> now that we know more <laughs> about that guy. Um, but at the time we were like, Oh, this is cool. And so like we finished the interview, we're waiting for our ride to come back around and pick us up. And uh, Brandon gets a call. Uh, yeah, he get, yeah. Well, so yeah. First, he finds out that he that the girl that he's going to take out, she was expecting a mom, and he didn't get one. And it was like, oh no. And um, Brandon calls his mom, and he's like telling her what's going on. And he's like, hey mom, guess what? I I didn't get the mom. And through the phone from like across this office like boardroom that we're in. I can hear Brandon's mom go. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so funny. And I, I don't even, I don't know what happened after that. Oh, what happened after that? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, I was able to get her mom. Oh, well that's good. Was yeah. it like a tiny one? It was like, it was a tiny, but it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. It was okay. See, it was like, a decent size. Yeah, it was. This is a weirdly specifically like Texas story. I figured it so, out. So <laughs> <laughs> another I, problem. We all hung out and watched uh, uh, Boogie Nights. <laughs> see, there you go. I, I went to three <laughs> proms in a row, and uh, I don't have oh, a, wow. a single good story to tell you of any of them because it was just, it's it's not exciting, and for me, it it would be exciting for like the first half hour, and then. I kind of just want to go home. Like I don't mind dancing and I'll have fun, mm-hmm. but I actually enjoyed like we did um we did safe grad like right after we graduated. We mm-hmm. we went to this um this gym in town that has like a pool and uh racquetball courts and like all these extra wow. things and they're just like, "Hey, have fun for 5 hours on us and do whatever you want." Like I loved hanging out with my uh with my graduating class there, but like at proms, I just don't like being in a suit, so I just eh, let's get out of here as quick as possible too formal yeah we yeah we had a similar experience at our graduation although for some reason all my friends like weirdly enough i don't remember seeing you at all at that event brandon um the big thing at the the country club yeah 
Oh, that's so. Yeah. So anyway. you guys, well, are anyway. from, <laughs> you guys are from Texas. What are your thoughts on Sandy being like super pro Texas? What's uh, like, what does that feel hey. like having a cartoon character from your state? I gotta tell you, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but also like the 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 misconception of people. I remember the fourth grade, we had a new girl come to our class uh, from like Wisconsin or something. And she was like, this is so weird. I thought you guys wore like 10 gallon hats and rode horses to school. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most popular misconception. Like yeah. Every, like, even like seven year olds, everyone's walking around with a cowboy hat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a handlebar mustache. Everyone, everyone's wearing flannel. Oh my God. That'd be so funny. We got to put that in a movie or something. But um, do you guys, I mean, so yeah, March 22nd, 2000 the episode texas airs on television oh. were you guys oh watching my that? god do you remember yes that? we oh, yeah. are i remember that i remember i can't imagine the thought would that would go through my head if i turned on spongebob it's a new episode and the title card comes up and says connecticut and i'm like what <laughs> i i can't imagine so what was going through your heads as as young kids brandon you want to you want to start us off with that answer <laughs> I... um I don't know. Like as a kid, I guess it didn't really phase me uh, that you know that Texas was really you know that big of a deal. Uh, I guess because mostly because El Paso has never really been recognized. Yeah, people tend to the the, the other uh, the other half of Texas, the the eastern side of Texas, kind of and that's what gives doesn't Texas, like El Paso. For yeah, some that's what gives Texas the uh, yeehaw. We wear gallon hats. And, yeah, the, yeah. East Texas is more the giant yeehaw barbecues. Kind of thing. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Squidward like yeah. <laughs> can't like hold it. Uh, but I remember my sister and I thought it was the funniest thing. Like all the stupid stuff they say about Texas, we were like, "That's so funny." <laughs> Can we say shoes from Texas are dumb? Um, that like cracked us up. And I just you know I think I was a little bit excited because there's just oh, you get like a cheap thrill. You know, like when we hear El Paso uh-huh. in a movie or something, I, there's just like a cheap thrill. Like it's like, yeah, you know, like yeah. I remember when we saw Django and Chain, it was like somewhere outside El Paso. We were like, hey! like <laughs> the whole audience was like, whoa, dude, El Paso in a Tarantino movie. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've ever had a, a moment like that. Cause the only movies that are made about Connecticut are ghost movies. So it's, it's like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, Indiana Jones is filming at a college. Oh, they're not going to say it's from Connecticut. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> we had Steve McQueen too. So yeah. Oh yeah. Steve cool. McQueen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well known. Um, so we got the, we got the chaperone. Uh, if anybody yes. obviously wants to follow along with us, they can start uh, at the beginning of the intro. Cause we're just going to let that run. Why not? I mean, it's, it's SpongeBob. Um, and as long as you guys are ready, I have it on the, on the go. All right, um, go ahead, and uh, you're going to play the intro. This one is starting right at the title card of the episode. Okay, so. well, yeah, go ahead. I'll skip the intro. Everybody All skip right. the intro who's listening. I don't know if anyone <laughs> even follows along. I, I've i never – I've heard maybe of one person who did it, and that was it. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Hey. Got to be consistent, though. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. All right, and we can play it now. Um. So, yes, we got – our first Pearl Crabs centric episode. Um, and also the debut of Octavius Rex, although he would not really be a, uh, uh, a secondary character moving forward. Just one of those characters that shows up once and then disappears unless they're like mm-hmm. thrown in the background of a, of a future episode. Yeah. I, I love this opening, by the way, this is like all sound effects. Um, and they're all like just the wackiest little like SpongeBob. Oh, so good at that is using all these little sound effects. 
the animation of him like putting the door back up uh with pearl's tears like yep. shooting out yeah just some this is a great little like intro sound effects wise i don't know if anyone caught that but every person in the crusty crab was free <laughs> yeah. it's just different I, yeah, colors of yeah I, I that was something I noticed when I watched it earlier today. I was like, why is it all the same? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's those corners you have to cut at the time. Yeah, yeah. My, my leg. <laughs> A lot of legs <laughs> broken in the, this was one of the I think this is the first episode. This isn't the debut of my leg, which was um I believe the uh the episode with the talent show. Oh right, yeah. Uh but Yay. This was one of the earliest ones I I remember watching, like audibly hearing it, because I probably I probably heard it during the other episode, and then hearing it this time, going like, "Oh, that's funny that using the my leg part," and then realizing <laughs> it was a constant bit moving forward. Rev up those fryers! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's uh, that's probably the one quote I love that I can't I can't use in everyday life. <laughs> You gotta get creative. You gotta... I, <laughs> I think I'd have to really be creative to figure out. <laughs> unless I just decide, you know what? I'm walking to the kitchen of this restaurant. <laughs> is this foreshadowing? Yeah. So this is foreshadowing. This little uh, with the dummy, but it is such a strange. I don't fully understand the decision behind the dummy. Uh, like, why is this happening? Like, why does he? I don't understand. But it is kind of. It's just so. It's this weird, like bizarre humor that I feel like. They really refined um, in further episodes. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird gag. There's no point to it other than to have a gag there. Yeah, because then because when it comes up at the end, it's like what, like what? So then what? So what just happened? Like was it the dummy the whole time? <laughs> this is Inception was he awake? <laughs> yeah, this this whole episode takes place in the dreams of SpongeBob. Yeah. Which is very possible. They've done a lot with dreams on the show. Yeah. yeah. This this was something that stuck out of my head as a child so much when he when he like plants the flower directly onto the suit. Um, that just I loved that. Uh, long tan and handsome. Yeah, I love the whole the whole getting ready sequence. I've always enjoyed yeah. um, how creative because it's never the same with SpongeBob. If he gets ready one way, you'll never see that way again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time is always a delight. But yeah, <laughs> growing the flower right on the suit. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would have. I would rock a flower on a suit like that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Although I don't great. think I would. Uh... I just noticed he spit out the <laughs> the notebook <laughs> to write what Pearl wants. I never noticed that before. He like <laughs> hacks it up and then starts taking notes. Long tan and handsome. I hey, you know what? Kudos to SpongeBob though. He may screw up the night but he got a limo it's pretty yeah. yeah yeah that's pretty good he's gonna have to pay for that though the damage on the bottom of the car <laughs> you think uh, ah, you know what maybe it's mr krabs paying for it <laughs> maybe so hey, you yeah. know what maybe mr krabs did pay for the limo and had it like go pick up spongebob first oh, and that's then... true. yeah yeah i love that gag when she uh, sprays his arm and it like shrinks the little sound effect and everything there <laughs> It's so funny. Why did it shrink, though? Yeah, I know. I'm like, what did she spray it? <laughs> this also, I thought the, the sound effects of his legs. We've totally muted it, so we can't hear it. Yeah. But the sound effects. Um, yeah, it sounds like his, rubber bands and springs. 
Yeah, I love that. I, that has always stuck out to me. Uh, like as I was rewatching it, the, actually the sound. There are two big SpongeBob noises in this episode. That's a weird thing to say, but there are two big SpongeBob noises in this episode that I always loved. Uh, that always like make me laugh and are so funny. The first one is coming up when he. Oh no, we got an ad. That's okay. Uh, the the first one is when he's reaching for the the, the ladle. Pot. Yeah, and he's like ah ee ah. And like the sound effect of it sliding through the punch and the ice and everything is like so. I've at least had two moments in my life where I had to reach for something and knew, <laughs> hey, the person with me would get this, and I I was able to do it, and they got it right away. Like this episode began my anxiety. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I it does. Uh, oh, there we go. It's happening now. For let's skip ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> The way you know, the legs just like bend and everything, like how does he control it? <laughs> you know Brian from math class. No. <laughs> I I really wish I really wish that there were more um characters that were Pearl's age that went to school with her that like at least were known name wise. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, to build that that secondary character base, but Yeah. You could do a you could do a classic like sitcom episode. SpongeBob has to go to the school, and like he's undercover or something, or like he has to he's he's going because Mr. Krabs needs information about Pearl, and so SpongeBob goes undercover well, as a student. That is absolutely genius. Like I don't understand why that hasn't been done yet. <laughs> Call us Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Where you at? I said Where's Nickelodeon money. <laughs> I said a few things. I'm I'm starting not to try to plug something but I, i'm starting to like make a, a few videos i want to review each show's uh funko like collection oh and yeah i am starting with doug and at the end of each episode i'm gonna kind of give realistic like hey here are some realistic characters you could make and then have some unrealistic ones and when i was kind of writing down some of the ones for Rugrats, I was like, how am I not working for this company right now? Because I'm giving, I'm going to be giving them gold for free. This is gold. <laughs> I'm yeah. writing your checks, Brandon damn it. Brandon and I have definitely <laughs> had those experiences before. Oh, yeah. Way too many times. Yeah. We've, we've come up with like, oh, here's, here's the next uh, sound effect that kills me every single time. Um, when Pearl is talking to SpongeBob through the... Uh, through the bathroom door, and he's just like, Yes, you can still wear the wig. <laughs> it's so good. That's probably the best gag in the whole episode. Um, if so anything, the, the wig makes him look older. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Although they were probably, they were definitely going for a, uh, like a Jerry Lewis looking, yeah, like, for sure, nerdy haircut for SpongeBob. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now this we come to the most probably one of the most violent sequences on SpongeBob yeah. before later episodes like the 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 Splinter one or anything. Um, this <laughs> sequence is always kind of like hilarious and scary to me because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna think, like, I think your daily motion video is like slightly faster, but I'm oh, is it, oh okay. <laughs> I might have we might have skipped ahead a little no, bit. You just know, to it's fine. It's ad. all relevant animation. People, yeah. You, 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 follow along with what we're saying um yeah what is funny is if you look in the background while spongebob and pearl are dancing they have many fish that aren't outlined in black what oh yeah and never noticed that yeah and they look super creepy with just the, <laughs> the stoic face 
and the eyes. I, as a kid, like the second, it's one of those things that the second I saw, it, I you can't unsee it. Oh my god! That was like, oh my god! Yeah. Right there, <laughs> oh, my god. oh, Octavius Rex, long tan <laughs> and handsome. He's bald. Oh I feel bad for yeah. him. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is she? Uh, I mean, I guess she has a type. Maybe I don't know. Yes, the guy, legs. the guy crawling after his own legs is so. There's so many weird visual gags. Why the apple? I, uh, so <laughs> it, it, it's a reference to the movie Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, oh. yeah, okay, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Okay, but I got it's, it. Now. It's yeah. such a weird. If it was a tomato, okay, but they made it an apple, which is just yeah. Or at the very least, it's a very strangely designed. Uh, it looks more like an apple than it does a tomato. Um, but yeah, the second you said that, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't George Clooney in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? One of those. Was he? He was in one of them oh. at some point. Whatever. <laughs> hey, George, George Clooney got into some weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think he was in Attack. Uh, maybe one of the sequels that followed, but yeah, yeah he was maybe. in the second one, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. I love this. They, they. That's the that's the first time they've done that gag. But they do that joke, that same joke again yeah. in Wet Painters, when Mr. Krabs is like, "Look what you did to my dollar." Very innuendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's the same thing. as like, "Get back for my flower," and oh. then it's just actually a flower. <laughs> and then we have the dummy. And then we have the dummy again. Yeah, what is that about? I think <laughs> I think he switched out right then and there. Yeah. So is it a robot? Or a dummy. I, I don't <laughs> think he wanted to deal with Mr. Krabs right there. Yeah, probably not, right? Yeah. I feel like everything else was real, though. Yeah. Anyone else kind of kind of a little disturbed about the like that Pearl was going to kiss him? I mean, because the idea is that SpongeBob is supposedly like older than she is. Right. I don't know. It's just I always... Well, as I was rewatching it, I was like, well, this is weird. Like, so he's, it, this is like the plot that I described, like, you know, he has to go undercover to like help Mr. Krabs gain some information or something. Like, he's like, mm, what did I do on my junior prom? And I'm like, what? I, how old are you, SpongeBob, at this point in the show? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that like he's old enough to have a job, live on his own. Um, but there, and it works for SpongeBob that he can play kind of as both a kid and an adult, and he's the perfect character for that. The only other character I can think of that can get away with it is Pee Wee Herman, which he was kind of based off of. Right. Um, but yeah, like Pee Wee, it wouldn't, even though he's like older than a kid, if he did kid stuff, it doesn't seem weird. And then when he does older stuff, yeah. it doesn't seem weird. Yeah, they live in this nice, like, middle gray area kind of where you can like do you can write anything for them and it kind of works yeah. um and like the further you stretch it on either side it like becomes funnier you know like when spongebob's trying to be like really adult it's like it, it's like way funnier and when he's like even more little kiddish it's really funny that's why like the grandma's kisses episode i think like works like gangbusters because it's just like you have both of those like you're pushing him to those two limits where he's like i'm a man you know and he he's <laughs> the sideburns yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, they didn't realize all they eventually would have needed is just pieces of seaweed on their face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have facial hair. Uh, <laughs> Which I, I have always maintained anytime people, because I'm, I'm a film guy. I love talking about movies and whatnot, so when people ask, like, favorite movies, SpongeBob is in my top three. 
because it just works. You don't need to be a fan of the show to, to understand it or to laugh. And I just feel the writing, they were on all cylinders on that movie. And it's just super yeah. funny. It makes sense. It's a fun story. And, and I just love it. So, I mean, that's why when, when I saw it was getting remade, not to, I, and trust me, it sounds like, man, this guy's a master of, uh, of steering this conversation to certain areas. Not at all. I just, <laughs> I just drop into things. But um, when I when I came across this project, that's why I knew I had to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form, um, mm-hmm. even if it was just begging for like one line in the movie. Um, which of course I wanted to, you know, make this podcast available for people working on it because it's a, it's a nice little helping each other out type deal. It's we're all fans of SpongeBob. We're all from different corners of the world. And we're all coming together to just create. We're here to be creative and to make each other laugh. And it's been absolutely wonderful. So I don't know how yeah. many other people you've spoken to who work on the collab, but it's every person is just a wonderful, wonderful human being. When I learned that we were going to be part of this, I I was smitting like a little kid, man. I was like, I, I, I was running around my whole house and I went to my backyard. I was yelling at my sunflowers. My mom was like, what's going on? We're going to be part of the SpongeBob Rehydrated Project. <laughs> and I was, I was just losing my mind. And, and it's just, it's so cool that um, there's so many of us. It, something about SpongeBob that's just really fantastic. Um, it, it ages with us fantastically. And we could look back on it and catch jokes that we didn't. You're just watching that uh, the chaperone right now. I had no idea what the black and white characters. It's 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 the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No matter how many times you've seen an episode. I mean, there's even things movies now that like I'll rewatch the Avengers and my girlfriend will will mention something I never caught in yeah. almost ten years of watching that. Going like, wow, how did I not catch that over three hundred views? Oh my god, we're coming up on ten years of the Avengers. Don't tell Martin Scorsese though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly believe not get me started oh, don't get me started I, I, honest, I honestly believe um, I, here's the thing hearing his, his comments I don't think he's wrong but at the same time I think he has this idea he has this wall that he's created over time of like hey here's these you know everything behind this wall is an amusement park and it's just fun for people but it's not serious and I wish I could tell him and bring him a little bit over and go, hey, let's watch Captain America Civil War. Let's watch Winter Soldier. Let's watch right. something serious that ta- you Two know of the best ones. Hell like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I th- I think if you were to ease him in in the right way, he would find an appreciation of it a little bit. Right. And I do think like the thing that frustrated me the most was just like this, like, you know, because Scorsese like was coming up when all the people before him that inspired him. You know, they were like, well, cinema's dead because we're all, you know, we're all getting old. We're not making movies anymore. All these young kids, they don't know what they're doing making movies. So cinema is dead. And then Scorsese comes in the game and he makes Taxi Driver and all his, you know, great movies and everything. And then now, like, you know, even dating back like 10 years ago, you can find interviews of Scorsese going like, cinema's dead. And I'm like, do you not see how you, you know, are doing the exact same thing? Like, there are definitely, there's another Martin Scorsese out there, you know, that you might be shutting down to some degree. Like... You know, and to tie it back into everything, um, people tend to feel that same way that he does about like the Marvel movies about like animation. Um, oh, it's still I not to um, I not I've always kind of kept my job really off the books on the show. Um, but I will mention that it, I had a conversation in the last week 
where somebody came across something SpongeBob related that was fairly expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of mentioned that. And I was like, SpongeBob has been around for, for 20 years and is as beloved as Mickey Mouse. Because they were, they were just questioning, like, how is this still relevant and why do people, like, what is it? It's just a cartoon. And it's like, this is a multi general you know, Mickey Mouse is a good example. It's multi-generational. You're, what you loved as a kid, and if it's still around, you are going to share with your kid. You know, mm-hmm. we all grew up on Sesame Street at some point, or that might have been a, a, pro, a you know, a show they might have tried to sit you in front of. Some kids don't like it, and some kids do, but that's parents grew up with Sponge, uh, Sesame Street and then SpongeBob. So when I eventually have a kid, yeah, they're going to start with Sesame Street, and if SpongeBob's still on the air, I'm going intro to that, introduce that to them at an early age as well, and then enjoy that with them. You know, oh, hell um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the reason why, like, even stuff like wrestling, uh, I could watch wrestling with my older cousins and they could introduce this yeah. to me and then I could be watching wrestling with their kids. It's just like stuff like that doesn't even just have to be animation, but it's nice to have something that continually grows, continually going, and that you can experience this no matter what age you're at. Yeah. And to go back to, not to like to bring us super far back or anything, but to go back to you talking about the movie, it really is like a great movie. Well, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie is so incredible. It is up there because not only is it a good movie, like you said, like it's, it can stand by itself. It functions really well as like a series finale. Like it's a culmination of that whole show, um, like to some degree, you know, not to say that it didn't, there aren't good episodes after the movie, but it really does feel like, you know, if it had ended with the movie, it would have been like that would have been like that show still would have cemented its legacy, you know? It would have. Um, it, it really would have. Yeah. And I also think it works in the same way that people don't talk about the Simpsons movie, which is like a perfect like movie adaptation of an animated television show. It is so good. It's like the again, the culmination of like everything. Like the SpongeBob SquarePants movie and the Simpsons movie, I think, are in the same league. Of like, yeah, they're so good. Nobody talks about them. Nobody's ever talking about the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. It is so strange to me. Um, why? David why Hasselhoff, yeah, like. the David Hasselhoff <laughs> gag. When they, that, I remember crying in the theater. Here's what's crying. really crazy to me, and let me see where your head is at. Um, I first off, I love any time a television show can make it to the theater, even if it's something I am not going to watch. I always am like, hey, I hope it's successful. You know, uh, My Little Pony had a movie in theaters, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. completely, I know that there's a lot of adult fans, but I've never watched it. It's not appealing to me. But when they made a theater theatrical movie, I was like, I hope it does well. Because when it does, that just makes every other channel kind of think about that. Like, hey, we should make a movie. Um, I'm so disappointed the Fairly Odd Parents never got a theatrical movie at its height of popularity. Because it could have been something big. But oh, I yeah. always to go back to the first one. I loved the Rugrats movie more than more than Rugrats in Paris and Rugrats Go Wild because it felt That's like such a massive adventure with actual life threatening stakes. And mm-hmm. I love Chucky and I love the story about him wanting a mom, but I don't think his dad marrying a bad woman is a bigger threat than like toddlers lost in the woods with a wolf on the on the hunt yeah well okay yeah that i agree with (laughs) (laughs) but for me personally i do love that second movie because that god those emotions when chucky's alone 
on the it's like okay it's time for the dance with the mom and then chance comes up and is like let's go home chucky i'm like why would you do this this is so upsetting that's one like my biggest fear of losing my mom developed (laughs) oh yeah no dude that was like uh uh man that movie was yeah. Ooh, that like hit me hard. Uh, and of course, Chucky e. Chan is a great sequence. Um, but... <laughs> I, I love I love that movie. But any I've never met another person that has preferred the first one. Yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely an interesting take. I I applaud you for your uh, for your bravery yeah, I mean, in that. No. <laughs> look, there's, I, I'll, I'll give this as much as people get down on on newer characters and whatnot. Uh, I will say Dill is far better than Kimmy and does not <laughs> does not ruin the dynamic as much as she did. Uh, and there's nothing more iconic than the reptile wagon. I was uh, about to say that. You stole wagon. the words right out of my I, mouth, oh, dude. Like, <laughs> I wanted the reptile wagon so bad. That's what I'm saying. Like that, and and come on, like the fact that just like all this news comes in, like there's babies missing, the in-family fighting, the fighting within the Rugrats got really serious and kind of dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It, to no, me, it dark, fits sure. on the big screen. Whereas when I saw it, like. Rugrats in Paris and even subsequent watches, it feels more like a television TV finale. Like it doesn't feel other than the big robot fight. It doesn't really get massive and cinematic, which is epic. You know, the the robot fight. I love that's a great sequence. Like the kids controlling the reptar robot and everything. (laughs) And like a stew building it with like rubber bands and paper clips. Like, I don't know how that guy is able to build (laughs) things like that and is still working out of his basement. His basement, mind you, that is still like just stone. It's not even like a (laughs) – he didn't even add anything on the walls. It's just a crappy basement that he's working out of. I got to tell you, not to go off on a tangent here, this is a SpongeBob podcast, but the the Mr. Fiend episode proved to me that like Stu totally – he built a production like conveyor belt line like adequately building toys. I don't like – why wasn't he more successful? It was crazy. Like it, that it, was feel by all grown up. They would be at, like in a bigger house. Pickle toys is, is selling through the roof. Yeah. That's it's probably like my biggest disappointment of that sequel show. It, it, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Cause it's like they, they fancy stew. They like paint stew as like a, like a kind of similar to like Oscar proud. Right. Where like, you know, in the proud family, he's like trying to sell his snacks, but it was like, your snacks are terrible. You know, but it's like Stu actually makes some pretty good like toys and things. Yeah, (laughs) it's like he built a giant robot for a theme park in Japan or in Paris. Sorry, like I just (laughs) I feel like there's always this very like there was always very subtle themes of um for for adults as well in in SpongeBob Rugrats, Wild Thorn Bears, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, for us to watch along with as kids and then to grow up into. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, and I've mentioned it a few times uh, on this show, just my love of, of when I was young watching Rocco's Modern Life and then uh-huh. watching it again as an adult and getting all of the jokes and having <laughs> that like wonderful reappreciation. Because then I can turn around and go to every other adult my age and go, hey, you remember Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Do you want to see how many messed up jokes there are in that show and then blowing <laughs> someone else's mind? I love that. Which I just I just remembered something I wanted to point out about the chaperone is that the guy who shouts, um, go ruin someone else's prom is Tom <laughs> Kenny. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. go ruin someone else's prom. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I mean Rocco, you can't have SpongeBob without Rocco. 
Yeah, because because Hillenburg worked on Rocco. He was a director on Rocco. Right? Well, yeah, from from everything I've I've heard is that many when Nickelodeon because they would keep pitching like, hey, if you work on a show, pitch pitch us. We want more shows. Um, and it was people who worked at Rocco that were pushing Steven Hillenburg like, hey, you should pitch a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that is it's so cool when you see that like legacy of people, you know, because like almost every show on any major animation network, Cartoon Network or uh, even like Disney. Well, all, all three of those channels, Cartoon Network and Disney and, and Nick, like you can see how they sort of cross over with each other and like how the people who worked on one show go on to make another show that's really great. And like, um, you know, Brandon and I were just talking the other day about sort of the lineage of like, uh, what's his name who made Flapjack? What's his name? Uh, 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 Thornton, uh, Thornton, uh, man, Van something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his show, he's got Alex Hirsch, uh, JG Quintel, and Pendleton Ward uh-huh. all working on Flapjack as lead directors. Yeah, and then they go on to do Gravity Falls, uh, regular show, and Adventure Time. You know, and it's like wow, like that, like that's so cool. And, and you, but you see Thurl- that again also Van Orman. Yes. Yeah. There you go. It's it's been seeds I think planted. Over yeah, generations, you, you, you know, super duper see that. You know, growing up, we had Jenji Tartakovsky and yes. Craig McCracken. Oh, and, I love Craig and McCracken. The fellas who worked on Johnny Bravo because they were, they were all roommates at Kell Arts, and then yeah, and then we had you know the Adventure Time lads. And I remember well, I was speaking like... of Johnny Bravo. Let's not forget both Seth MacFarlane <laughs> and Butch Hartman were writers on that show. Yes, Butch Hartman yes, and yes. Seth MacFarlane, like that was where they brought in Adam West to be a guest star in Johnny Bravo, and which would started the friendship for both guys who would then end up putting Adam West in their own shows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> like if you sit back and think about it, it's just crazy. Um, which Chowder, uh, Chowder Two, probably the most under, underappreciated Cartoon Network show ever. Oh, Chowder's great. Chowder My favorite bit in Chowder great. is when they run out of money and then they it's have, just them they in the, the studio. Yeah, and then they go to the car wash and they finally get the money back, which they do a similar gag in Gumball, which is also hilarious. It's so like beautifully done where like they're running out of money and then it's just like they're post-it notes and then it's like they're storyboarded. It's so funny. It's like <laughs> – it's so good. And they – just all the crazy things you can do with animation. Well, then, like, yeah, then C.H. Greenblatt moving right over to work on Harvey Beaks for Nickelodeon, which I didn't, I mm-hmm. didn't get into, unfortunately. But it, it seems the one thing I'll give Nickelodeon uh, crap for is so many times since like 2006, they've had a show, and if it doesn't like kill in the first or second season, they just move it to Nicktoons, and it just yeah it almost like dies a death it just like disappears yeah it's purgatory almost because like we're just getting reruns i would say that's sort of the 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 big issue i have with spongebob and nickelodeon and spongebob being on so long i mean although it is great that it has this long lasting legacy and everything i think the issue is that nick wants another spongebob they're like we don't like we don't really want to waste time if the show's not going to give us as much viewership and uh like you know merchandise ability like spongebob does um, I mean, they're not going to find that. They're really, other than yeah, they're not, yeah. and to an extent, Fairly Odd Parents, no other cartoon has had sustainable merchandise in stores. Yeah. But to be Ever. fair, for some shows, they never even really tried. Danny Phantom, for one, was highly, 
highly misused while it was on on the air. They should have, other than a Burger King promotion, they really should have. I, I've seen Butch Hartman post up pictures of like prototype action figures, and Nick should have at least attempted. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like you look at the there's like the behind the scenes documentary about the Powerpuff Girls about the making of the Powerpuff Girls, and all the merchandise they made for Powerpuff Girls. I'm like, that is so cool. Why didn't they make more merchandise for other like Cartoon Network shows? I would have bought the hell out of like Billy and Mandy products and like you know uh, uh, whatever other shows were on Cartoon Network. I I would force my parents (laughs) to find me Dexter's Lab toys, and I was able to find some as a kid. I forced my mom. I I, like my mom. Like I was like (laughs) twisting her arm. I was like something Foster's home. Please, if you can yeah. find anything Foster's Home. And she managed to find a really cool box set of figurines of all the main mm. friends and Blue That's and That's crazy. Matt. That box set is sitting in my living room. Dude, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Those figurines are on my shelf. I'm Except so glad. It's one, one of the like... only times I ever bought anything from CartoonNetwork.com, like the shop, because I'd always have to go through my mother, and it was just never a – like I, I would not want to hear the no, so I wouldn't go through with it. But I asked yeah. for that for like a birthday, and I and I got it. I remember my mom got that for me because she was out of town for some conference or something. And she was at the, wherever the, they had like a Cartoon Network store. I forget where it was. Um, but she was like, oh, well, uh, Skylar likes that Foster's Home show. So I'll, I'll get him for that. You know, I'll, I'll get that for him. You know, um, I, I think the, awesome. I think that the scare might come from the fact that if you push merchandise for a show and it doesn't do well, it looks bad on you. Worse mm-hmm. than if it just doesn't do well in ratings Um, yeah, because they don't try merchandising for a lot of shows. I think even the last time Nickelodeon even attempted with the whole, now I'm not going to count Ninja Turtles because there's always been Ninja Turtles merchandise. So Mm -hmm. they kind of just came into that world. But um, Avatar, the last Airbender is the last show that I can think of that was, was, was started at Nickelodeon and had a merchandise in stores. And I don't think it sold well. I I feel like um, a lot of networks or, or just merchandisers themselves were very uh, at fear with competing with people like um, Bandai and uh, uh, who's like people who made Hasbro, Mattel, Hasbro, yeah, yeah, yeah. because Star Wars was also very big at the time because we had the prequels. So yeah, like Star yeah, Wars yeah. action figures, and you know that's one of my biggest action figure collection as a kid were a bunch of Star Wars clones. So and then they had the Clone Wars cartoon from Jedi Tartakovsky. So yeah, I, I feel like uh, Network saw uh, a a big overshadow on them, and they couldn't co- that they couldn't compete with rather because because of that specifically. So they had to work with specific retailers um, and even toy makers. Like because I, I remember McFarlane toys uh, producing a lot of stuff uh, specifically for like I, I think Adult Swim. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm yeah. wrong, but. It's just weird that um, I, I just think it was the toy retailers at the time fearing uh, the shadow. Well, yeah, right. Because then, yeah, it's like if we if we if we're going to produce this and we're going to get a cut of it or whatever, like it, it needs to sell well. And if it doesn't sell well, it's like, what's the point? And yeah. so they and they were holding Star Wars toys. to Yeah. That standard. And television definitely, especially yeah. at that time, not regarded as highly as film. Right. You know, no, so, no. And, yeah. and honestly, the Nickelodeon brand itself, uh, other than. Um, what what Funko has created, um, a, a lot of other stuff that is being made, like you know, I've, there's on Entertainment Earth, for example, they have like a really deluxe Stimpy action figure coming out, yeah. but that's just like a one-off. Um, I know that Jazzwares a couple of years ago made a whole line of Nickelodeon um, Nicktoons, mainly characters that really didn't get a chance on store shelves. They made a Danny Phantom action figure, they made a Timmy Turner one. 
um, and they had all these like sets of mini characters and whatnot. I don't think it sold that well. And it was just kind of upsetting. Like, I know that the market is out here for these. I know that there's fans like me who would who would buy these off of store shelves. But um, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things that, like, Toys R Us had it. And yeah. after a couple of months, it was clearance. Like, get it off the shelves. It's not selling. I, I think the biggest problem was they were marketed towards fans as collectibles instead of toys. The actual children fans who would grow that, up watching yeah, it. Yeah, that too, yeah. 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 I, mean, I think because also I'm thinking about it now and you see a ton of merchandise for cartoons for adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I could look up a bunch of uh, products for Rick and Morty, for Bob's Burgers, Same. like, the, yeah, like tons yeah. of merchandise for that kind of thing. And, and so I'm assuming part of it also is the fact that, like, you know, they, they can hedge their bets on those things because, you know, the adults are watching those shows. Adults have paychecks and, you know, they have money to spend. Kids don't. Kids have to convince their parents. Yeah, it's like, yeah. There's um, mm-hmm. I, f- I forgot what company it is, but they, I think it might be NECA, who does a line of um, where they make horror characters look like Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, yeah, and, it's mm-hmm. NECA. Yeah, yeah they just but, released the recent but, line. <laughs> but next to that, I saw that they were making an entire line of Saturday morning cartoon characters of Bill and Ted and Ace Ventura and yeah. Back to the Future. Dude. Like. Heart. And it, it that I never had this moment where I like thinking about this of these characters are like 30 years old and they're finally making figures of these and they're just for adults. Like there's yeah. not they're not for kids because who grew up with the Ace Ventura cartoon? Someone my age. Who else is going to buy that car- that figure? We, we like if we ever wanted something out of cartoons, we would have to get them out of Happy Meals or something. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I got the whole I got the whole watch collection of SpongeBob and all of like the the SpongeBob around the world toys when they gave them at Burger King. Oh yeah, I yeah. bought I them off of eBay. That, yeah, uh, I, I still have I day. still have Mounty SpongeBob <laughs> right on my desk. Just yeah, I have Tai Chi SpongeBob. At <laughs> <laughs> Not to like go totally off topic, but I I believe my Rocket Raccoon statue is a NECA. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a NECA product. They make NECA's great products, one. but it, yeah, it's yeah. definitely yeah. just like. It's crazy that now more than ever, there's just being uh, adult collectibles are more popular now than they were yesterday. Like every day, there's just more and more people hopping onto this buying. I mean, even just even just looking at like Funko, how crazy those releases get. Yeah, um, the kids finally have money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a SpongeBob pop I need for my collection that is literally a thousand dollars, and it's like it's at ridiculous. some point, even if I sell things, I'm gonna have a grand that I'm going to give to somebody else for this piece for of vinyl toy. for a toy, yeah. just to say, all right, my collection's complete. Yep. That yeah. blows my mind, and I hope my mother never hears about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before, I, before I, didn't, we, oh. I didn't want to tell my parents how much the Rocket Raccoon statue was. I was like, I'm not going to tell you how much it is, but oh, I, it was a lot If funny. my mother ever points anything out, like, hey, how, did, did you recently get this? Like, I don't, don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. We're, we're not going <laughs> to uh, before, we, before we guys before we go, um, I just want to give you guys the opportunity to plug any of your sites, your social media, um, wherever you want fans who listen to this and want to know more about you or what you do. Where where do you want to send them? Yeah, so um, you can follow us everywhere: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we don't have a TikTok yet. Um, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but we have uh, Truman Pictures, and we're Truman Pictures on all of those platforms. Our logo is a little cat with a bow tie. Um, I think we're going to update the logo soon, but uh, probably probably not soon enough. You know, uh, so 
it's it's easy to see. And um, if you go to our YouTube channel, also Truman Pictures, um, you will see uh, you can find the short film that got us into uh, the uh, SpongeBob Rehydrated Project, uh, Barksky and Much. Uh, we worked really hard on that. It's very very silly. Uh, if you like '70s cop shows um or you know dramatic detective uh <laughs> soap opera type. yeah soap opera kind of <laughs> things but with puppets of animals uh and real animals too yeah. uh which a lot of people were like how did you do all those things with all those animals cat treats <laughs> cat it's, treats it's, and it's magic <laughs> and dog don't, treats yeah don't, don't give the magic away Just, yeah we will we will <laughs> sell, sell yourself as a as a pet like i can make them do whatever i want yeah You're we actually psychic. we've done this is the second short film we actually made featured that heavily featured animals. We're just animal uh, guys, I guess. We, yeah, we just like to put animals in them. We love our, <laughs> our pets. But oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, Barkski and Mutchin, we're actually going to have some more short films coming out soon um, if you want to look for them in conjunction with our, our buddies at uh, Gyro Studios. Um, we have a short film called Reply All coming out, and we have a short film called uh, Crisis at the Corral, uh, which is a goofy Western movie as well where we do some really, really wacky stuff. Um so yeah, we've we've got a few things, but Truman Pictures. If you follow Truman Pictures, you you'll get to see all that good stuff. But especially Barksky and Much, we're very proud of that. And oh yeah, it awesome. is what got us into. Awesome. I'll certainly rehydrate. check that out and uh and repost it wherever I can. And and thank, thank you, you guys thank you. so much for being on. We could probably talk for another two hours or just about this kind of stuff, which we oh, will. Yeah. I'm going to have you on a future episode of the show. So oh, yes, it'd be great to come back and thank you so much for having us man nope. we're such spongebob absolutely yeah, no problem this is I, I love i love spongebob and i love talking to people who also enjoy the really nerdy things i'm into so hey, yeah i was very excited today i was like finally my knowledge of spongebob <laughs> my deep well of knowledge of spongebob is finally going to come in handy time to shine yeah <laughs> my time this to shine. is my yeah. moment <laughs> time to prove to my dad that i can actually you know make money talking about spongebob <laughs> I, I've, 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 I've gotten to prove that to my dad who just gave like he, he used to <laughs> I mentioned this last time it was like Spongebob was one of two shows this encourage the cowardly dog that he would sit down and watch and oh, yes um, courage the cowardly dog. we need a courage podcast yeah. courage yeah that needs to happen ASAP all right hey thank you guys for being on thank, thank you, you man so much, thank you dude. Captain Eric we'll talk to you El Sunarino yes we will all right adios ah!